Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome in to another episode of the Destination Debbie College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. You can find me on X at Gump7285. Joined by my co-host, Derek. You can also find him on X at D underscore Cook 93, and that is K-O-C-H. And back again here for what is it, week 10 now of college football? The season is just one week closer to ending. It has flown by in a hurry. And it looks like everywhere, including us, has dubbed this one a statement Saturday with all the big time matchups going on, as well as the conference, you know, conference uh, championship standings, college football playoff implications. It's going to be a jam packed episode. We got a whole bunch to go over, and we'll go ahead and jump right into it with your somewhat surprisingly ranked Ohio State Buckeyes to some people visiting Rutgers and old coordinator Greg Schiano. Rutgers hung in this one for a while. They were actually up at halftime and hung in it for, I'd say, about three quarters of it. Realistically, Ohio State scored beginning of the fourth quarter to go up two possessions, and that was pretty much all she wrote from there. But big takeaways from this one, Marvin Harrison Jr. Boy, did he get clamped for most of the game. He did have two touchdowns, but they were both down inside the five-yard line, I think, inside the 10 zone. So put however much weight you want on those. But outside of that, he only had four catches for 25 yards. So they put the clamps on him all game long, as well as, quite frankly, all the Ohio State receivers. Uh, but Henderson, not, not the tight end. It. Not the tight end G. Scott, buddy. Oh, you're right. He, he had a much better day than Marvin. One less touchdown and one less receiving yard. That's right. One less reception, too. For a backup but, tight end, he, he did okay. But, no, go, go ahead. Keep dogging the Buckeyes. Oh, I will. Travion had five for 80 to go with his 128 on the ground. He was the star of the show all day long. Touchdown for him. So, the last two weeks, he's won, what, over? Over 200-plus scrimmage yards. He's went 207 last week, total scrimmage yards, and 208 this week. So, over 400 total yards the last two weeks for Travion. What are your thoughts on him? Is he back at the top of your running back board for 24? Or are you still kind of pumping the brakes on him a little bit? Um, I mean, he's not top of my board for 24 just yet. Um, don't get me wrong, he's he's up there, but I I'll toot my own horn a little bit. I feel like I've been calling this all season. Part of the Big Ten schedule, we're going to see this happen. It's just he's staying healthy at this point. So 
um, you know, he's, he's going to get a lot of work. Um, it's it's a, apparent that Ryan Day does not trust Kyle McCord, hence why he had 189 pass yards. Yep, 189. Sorry, I was looking. But, yeah, man, um, I think this is what we should expect to see out of Travion for the rest of the season, honestly. Um, maybe not 200-plus all-purpose yards, but I'd say buck fifty between rushing and receiving. It wouldn't be surprising. He seems to be the vocal point of the offense at this point. Uh, Chip didn't really do much today, and obviously Dallin Hayden didn't do much either, and Mayan Williams was out today. So it was all Travion, and if this offense is going to play pretty damn good week in and week out, it, in my opinion, it really has to be the Travion show. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. will have to pick it up. But other than that, Igbuka finally came back, made one good catch. Really nothing else on that one on the Ohio State side. A pretty Ohio State-like day today for this season. More low scoring. Not really up and down like we're used to out of the Buckeyes. So yeah, that, that's just don't, don't the season. The, don't let the final score 35-16, to 16, you know, change what or make you think about what the game was it, the Buckeyes were down nine to six at halftime so uh they, they came out fire in the third quarter scored I think 14 in the third quarter jumped out to a lead and Rutgers didn't score again until the fourth quarter so um it was a lot closer than the final score indicated it was a great game by Rutgers uh, obviously Shano has ties with Ohio State but um this Ohio State offense just it ain't it man defense is holding tough though I, I like it personally yeah, they're they're not at this year. They're they're on the struggle bus mostly because of Kyle McCord. I would say they don't have that playmaker quarterback anymore. On the Rutgers side of things, their star running back Kyle uh, Monengai, I believe is how you say it. He had a big day, one fifty six on the ground. That is his fifth one hundred yard rushing game of the season. So he's having a big year. He's a name you want to stick in your back pocket for a possible late sleeper in the 24 running back class. Got a good size of 5'9", five, five, 210. He can clearly handle the workload. He's had multiple games of 20-plus carries this year. So someone to keep your eye on coming out of Rutgers if he does declare this year. So he's got 24 eligibility, but he's he's a junior? Yep. yep, yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to school. But always a possibility. Yeah. I mean, we'll move on to – I was just saying we we won't know until that time comes. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Big 12 game of the day, I would probably say, outside of Bedlam. Kansas State and the Texas Longhorns. Texas got away by the skin of their teeth in overtime, 33-30. to 30. Malik Murphy had a so-so day, about the same as last week, made some really good throws and then some bad decisions. But his team came out with a victory, and he is 2-0 as a starter. And they keep those playoff hopes alive, just barely. I, I believe they are the um, leaders of the Big 12, I guess. They've got the best record now. There was previous to today, I think there was three or four teams that were all tied at four and one. Five. Five. Okay. So they are the sole. Texas, Oklahoma, leader. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and then one more. I can't That's remember. That's what regardless, I heard. Regardless, there was – Big implications this weekend for Big 12 football. And Kansas State falls to 6-3 and three on the season. 
really not much on their side of the ball. The running backs didn't show up. Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens combined for 52 yards on the ground. And freshman quarterback that they like to bring in from time to time in special packages, as he's arguably the best athlete on the team, Avery Johnson, didn't do anything either. Will Howard was the star of the show with 327 and four touchdowns. And in my opinion, they just made an absolutely boneheaded call to go for it on fourth and goal from like the four or five or in that range in overtime when they could have just kicked the field goal and played another round. I don't I have no idea why you would want to go for it. They stonewalled you the first three three plays. So Kansas State really screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, especially considering the amount of momentum Kansas State had uh, coming out of the fourth quarter. You know, they, they outscored Texas 16-3 uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, to a degree, I, I respect the play call, you know, wanting to walk out of there with a victory and, and steal one. But uh, I think you played good enough that you didn't have to resort to that, that it wasn't like, oh, we don't deserve to be here in this game. It was a, you know, you should have should have kicked and lived another down. I'm with you. Exactly. You, Texas was on the ropes. They were up 17 nothing at one point. They had a big as a 20-point lead. And K-State came back. They had them on the ropes and same sentiment. I don't don't understand why you would make that decision. Just play yeah, another nice. play another overtime round and see if you can give them a slip up once again with an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, it's it's not like we're talking about like Purdue, you know, playing Ohio State and going for two in overtime to to steal the game. That this this is a little different. Exactly. And Texas did have some big performances so from a couple noteworthy Debbie players. Jonathan Brooks, star 24 running back, had 112 and a touchdown on the ground. And freshman C.J. Baxter had 90 and a touchdown on the ground. So kudos to those guys. They controlled the game. 32 carries between the two of them. And the receivers, a quiet day for Jatavion and Xavier Worthy. But the star of the show, a Denny Mitchell. Eight for 149 and one. Another name in the 24 class that I think could be drafted as early as day two, more so in the third round range. He's going to be an NFL guy. He's got he's got the skill set. He reminds me a lot of Rasheed Rice, but more athletic, faster. But he is going to rise up boards if he continues to play this way like he has the last couple weeks. And he's a touchdown machine. We already yeah, knew a- that. He's a touchdown magnet. I mean, we've kind of joked about it. He's, you know, not involved unless he scores a touchdown. But uh, 12 targets, 8 catches, 149, and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's great. That's – what do you say, a Denny? I'm trying not to chop his Yeah, name. It's, a, it's a Denny is what they were pronouncing it today. Okay. A Denny Mitchell getting 12 targets. I mean, that's, that's crazy, brother. You know, so good on him. But I'm with you. I think he rises up people's boards. Um, you know, we see another game or two like this, and he'll he'll really, really be up on mine personally. And that's about all from that game. So very, a very good game back and forth, and also we got some good Devi performances to go over after this week. Oh, also so like you said, CJ Baxter had don't had only ten carries for ninety yards, so he was averaging nine yards a clip, man. Uh, yeah, every time he touched the ball, he was making something happen. Love that. Love it. Now we're head down to the good old Southeastern Conference. Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is probably the best team at this point in the season that nobody's even talking about. Currently ranked number 10. I think that's going to get a little bit better. 
naturally, with a couple teams ahead of them bound to fall in the primetime games, they won 38-35, to a very tough nose, gritted out victory. Jackson Dart, he looked extremely good when I was watching the game. 387-2, and two, and Quinshawn Juckins did what we've expected all year, 100-plus yards and the hat trick of three touchdowns on the ground. So a big day for their backfield. Trey Harris, wide receiver, had 213 yards and a touchdown. So the whole Ole Miss offense was humming. They played extremely well. They were a blast to watch today, and I think it's going to continue the rest of the season. Saw on college game day that Lane Kiffin said he's rooting for LSU tonight due to position standings and whatnot. So he's going against his former team, Alabama. I mean, I, I can't blame him for going against Alabama. You know, I, I think you and I sit in the same boat ready for Alabama to fall off a cliff. Uh, but they're currently up 14-7, to just scored. Uh, but getting get back to the, the Ole Miss game, I mean, Trey Harris, 213 yards, 15 targets. I mean, absolutely insane. That Ole Miss offense was just was humming. You know, Judkins, 100-plus, three touchdowns. Dart, like you said, looked good as well. I mean, crazy to see they or saw that they only won by three. Yet To me, that's, that's kind of crazy how good that offense looked today. Yeah, Texas A&M just kept chipping away and chipping away. On their side of the ball, there was no Evan Stewart today. So that was a big miss for them. I imagine if he was there, they could have came out of the wind or this would have looked a, a hair differently. But unfortunately, he was out with an injury. And now yeah, there, Evan, Evan Stewart not getting hyper-targeted might have been the difference maker. And Max Johnson still threw for 300-plus. But without the best player on the whole football team, it does affect you just a smidge, I would say. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, probably one of the most talked about games this week due to Dabo Sweeney's comments. Did you hear what he said on his uh, radio show earlier this week? I heard um, – I was listening to – I think I was listening to – might have been like Joe Clapp podcast or, or something. I, I heard an excerpt from it, but I, I I can't recall exactly what it was. He. The excerpt they they played was made Dabo Sweeney not to look good. Yeah, overall, I don't think it was good, but it wasn't as bad as just what that little snippet was. I mean, some guy called in and said, "Why are we paying you? I think it's eleven half million dollars right now to go four and four. And he basically he got butt hurt about it. You know, you can apply for the job if you want to, blah, blah, blah. People like you or what's wrong with it. High expectations. You know, he went on to basically tote his resume, two national championships in the last seven years. It's Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia are the only ones that have multiple championships in the last few years. And they've won over 150 ball games, blah, blah, blah. But he he definitely got butthurt about the comment. I'd and say so came, if he was defending himself like that, yeah. And they came back, and they took a victory over Notre Dame at home. I was hoping Notre Dame would pull this out, but this is just Notre Dame, man. They lose big games all the damn time, no matter who's coaching, no matter who's playing. They didn't have Will Shipley today. Cade Klubnick played like absolute trash. Phil Moffa had a big day of 186-2 and two on the ground. He also fumbled the ball twice. I believe I saw a stat Clemson's tied for first in the nation with 11 fumbles lost going into today. So they don't take care of the ball. Could also explain why they're now 5-4. and four. But they they came out with a win. It wasn't pretty whatsoever. 
Sam Hartman had two picks. An unusual day for him. Audric Estime, 87-1. and one. It was just an ugly ball game. Bunch of turnovers both ways. It looks like Notre Dame had three. Clemson had two. I did watch some of it, and it, it was not <laughs> it was not enjoyable. Yeah, it looks like uh, I mean Phil Maffa was the the bright spot of the whole game, 182 yards. I mean, uh, Estime and Hartman both had rushing touchdowns. Other than that, no ugly ugly game. Like he alluded to five five turnovers between the two teams. I mean, that's it's not like these defenses are great, in my opinion. But yeah, no Notre Dame's easily the better defense, but they're still not. You know, top 10, top 15, I'd say. Right. And even without Wool Shipley, you still beat them? You let Clemson win? With Klubnik having a non-300-plus yard, three-touchdown game? I mean, he didn't even put up 115. He had like 109, I think. So their passing game was non-existent. Yeah, the leading receiver was Bo Collins. He had five targets, three receptions, 37 yards. I mean, you tell me Clemson goes out there and wins a game with that stat line, I I think you're you're not on something. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame had, I think, two chances with about under five, six minutes left. Sam Hartman threw one pick, and then he might have thrown a second one, actually. But either way, they had two chances to come back and tie it, and they did not. I'm still rooting for this uh, Notre Dame team, but this is is a tough loss, man. Yeah, it hurts that almighty Buckeye resume just a little bit now. It does. Is this... This is loss number three, I think, for Notre Dame. Now. It is. Uh, wait. May, maybe two. Maybe just two. I'm only saying that because they're, they're ranked They're ranked 15. I would think that a one-loss team would, especially being the number one team, they would be higher than 15. But I could be wrong. That happens sometimes to us. Yes. Move on to Wisconsin and Indiana. Indiana pulls out a shocker, 20-14. It's about time they get a Big Ten Conference win, first one of the year. Uh, no Braylon Allen today. C.J. Williams, nine yards on one catch. Still no Nick Evers starting or even playing for Wisconsin. So Luke Fick was a huge disappointment this year. Yeah, had Braylon Allen for all but one game, and you're 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten on the western side of the conference, which we all know is the inferior side of the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I was expecting him to to come in year one and, you know, represent the West Side and the Big Ten Championship. You know, so this this is this is not good, in my opinion, for, you know, Fickle. No, it is not. And Phil Longo, I didn't have the highest. He wasn't held in the highest regards to me before. I think he's a mediocre coordinator. He was just gifted with Drake May quarterback. And now we're seeing it here. He's really not that good of a coordinator. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone after this season. Yeah, with average at best quarterback play, he's he's not so great. No. When he doesn't have someone to backpack him, it's not going to be pretty. Now, now, with, uh, Wisconsin starting quarterback, is it is it Brandon Locke? Is that his he name? He is the the backup that's filling in. It's Tanner Mordecai. Yeah, Tanner, no, I, I get that. But the backup that's filling in that's also over top of Evers, I just – but, buddy, it does not make sense to me. No, it's they stink, unfortunately. I mean, you lose to Indiana anymore. I mean, I'd, yeah, you, you kind of have to. Yeah, that, that puts a damper on the season there. Now they're fighting for bowl eligibility that we all love. I think this brings them to five and four on the season, so, yeah. It does, yeah. 
All right, now back to the SEC. I wasn't really expecting to talk about this game. I didn't think it would be as good as it was. Arkansas in the swamp to face Florida. It went to overtime, and Arkansas came out with a victory 39-36 to in double overtime. Or, sorry, single overtime. My apologies. Florida kicked the field goal in the first possession, then Arkansas scored the walk-off touchdown. Our boy, Raheem Rocket Sanders, made his return to the field and put up 103 rushing yards. Hot damn. Finally good today, and I I loved it. It's about time he is healthy and actually playing well. Hopefully this will jumpstart him for the last couple weeks of the season. This was their ninth game, so they have three more. Hopefully they can rip off three wins, get into an extra bowl game for him. But I'm glad to see him back and healthy and playing well. That's my big takeaway from this one, as well as K.J. Jefferson. 255-2 and through the air and another 92-1 and on the ground. So this offense was ground and pound, baby. 47 carries as a team. Yeah, 47 carries and 227 yards on the ground, 229 yards on the ground. I mean, it's it's hard to lose a game when you do that. Uh, like you said, Raheem Sanders back, goes over 100 yards. Um, you think if he, you know, does this 100-plus yards rest of the season that he, you know, climbs up? up your board and still leaves. Oh, absolutely. But I am fully partial to Raheem Sanders. I love him. But if he puts up hundred plus yards and four straight games in the season, we know what the NFL is. It's what have you done for me lately? That's going to be the last glimpse they see of him going out and putting up 400 yard games on sec defenses and fully healthy and looking good while doing it. Absolutely. Him and Travion Henderson who came into the season as the top two backs on the board. In the season hot, they could end the season as the top two backs on the board, surprisingly. Forget yeah, about the middle is, of the season. Who cares at this point? Yeah, forget about the first eight weeks of the year. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Same thing uh, with, with both guys, really. Um, you know, Henderson, if he continues to get 150-plus scrimmage yards every game, I mean, the Michigan one will be obviously tough. Um, but no reason not to put him back up where he should have been all year. Um yeah, I'm I'm with you. Just I would like to see Raheem Sanders get a touchdown, but you know they won, and KJ Jefferson did did the dang thing. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I got to say. Oh, uh, did you did you watch some of this game? Did Raheem Sanders look like he lose a little bit of weight? Does he, or does he still look pretty chunky? Still looks about the same. Still a large man, but he's moving and grooving, baby. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. On the Florida side of things, Trevor Etienne stuck his head back out of the ground hole for 80-1 and one on the ground, another 43 receiving. And freshman using Wilson the third, Trey Wilson, we were pumping him up the last week or so, eight catches for 90 and two touchdowns. So he continues to have a fantastic freshman season. He is going to be a big name in the 26th class. I, I can't wait to see how much better he gets next season without Especially- senior Ricky Pearsall. Ricky Pearsall? That's his name, I think. I was just going to ask you about uh, how would you think Graham Mertz played today? About as best he's probably ever played. I'm with you on that. Um, but it, you know, but it's hard to, I guess, you know, look completely terrible like he has. It still shocks me with the way he plays, you know, not pushing the ball downfield, dink and dunk. But he's efficient. He is efficient. Uh, it made sense this game. I know they lost, but you know he 
I wouldn't say it was because of him. No, 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 not the slightest. Moving on to a couple notable Debbie performances in the Yukon Tennessee shellacking 59 to 3, Tennessee's way, of course. Joe Milton. This is peak Joe Milton right here, baby. 11 for 14 for 254 and two touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. That is primetime Joe Milton right there. That's what we love to see. Yeah, that, that's and, talk about a stat line. I mean, that's that's nuts. That's hyper-efficient. I see the highlights going off on ESPN right now. He hit a couple long balls that he's known for. Again, another 24 guy playing well down the stretch. Yeah, 23.1 average yards per completion. I mean, that's... Man. Buddy. You can't beat that. No. If you do, you probably didn't throw the ball 14 times. <laughs> right. And just a couple of freshmen. Nico... Amaleva, Amaleva, sorry, I still don't know how to pronounce it after all this time. Five and nine for 86 and a touchdown. He did not look terrible coming in in garbage time. And my favorite freshman on the team, running back Cameron Selden, finally got some burn. Six carries for 35 yards. He's going to be a riser in the 26th class next year. Kind of hard right now with the loaded backfield they have with Dylan Sampson and Jalen Wright playing so well ahead of him. But I'm glad he did get on the field and get more than one or two carries. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at you know box score. They had nine guys attempt to rush today. It's it's hard to get a lot of work when that happens. Absolutely, when you're up fifty nine to three, everyone gets a turn. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, I see Nico again. I'm probably going to butcher knock Lamaliva. Regardless, he had one rush twenty five yards. So you know, kudos to that kid. He's got a little bit of wheels on him. He sure does. Now the big SEC matchup, well, I guess technically, but not not my opinion. Georgia and Mizzou. Mizzou almost came out with this one, man. They were in their all-ball game. They let it get away from them in the third quarter and lost this one 30-21. But Brady Cook played well for the most part. 212 yards and touchdown. He did have two interceptions. But he had a couple big runs on the ground for 39 yards. And Luther Burden, he had a so-so game. I wish he would have got more opportunities, reeled in some more balls, and made a bigger impact. But he went three for 53 and a touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you on uh, Brady Cook. I mean, he looked he looked good enough. I mean, they they almost pulled this out. Um, really, the you know, the interception at the end just it sealed it. That was that was it. So I'm not gonna, you know, hash be too mad about the two interceptions thrown. Um kind of saying what you said, Luther Burden. I know he got seven targets, but only three catches. It would have been nice to see him get, you know, about ten targets. But this I feel like this game was was close, which is what you and I were expecting, man. Oh, Missouri just couldn't pull it out. Yeah, we did say on the Gridiron Fantasy Show, we both picked Missouri to cover anywhere from 14 to 16, and they covered it all. I took a money line bet just to sprinkle a little bit on it. Thought they had a good shot at giving the upset, but just couldn't pull it out. But Missouri is on the upswing once again about once every two decades. They get really good rolling with a couple good players. Yeah, they get a couple good players, and then every once in a while get a, a really good college quarterback, and you know they make some noise. I can't remember the last college quarterback they had that was really good. Um, Blaine Gabbert. 
That's no, it. No, I'm sorry. No. Blaine Gabbard, then Drew Locke. Yes. Drew Locke. That's who it was. That's who I was thinking. Now we head down to the great state of Oklahoma to cover Bedlam. This was a damn good game. It was a great game to close out the chapter of Bedlam. As everyone knows, <clears throat> excuse me, voice getting a little raspy. Oklahoma's headed to the SEC last year, so this is the last scheduled game between the two schools for the foreseeable future. And I, quite honestly, I'm glad Oklahoma State is the one that got to close the book on this one. Alan Bowman, former Michigan transfer, had himself a ball game. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he threw for over 300 yards and a rushing touchdown. And, man, Ollie Gordon the second. I don't think uh, in the last couple of years we've seen someone rise so quickly in the middle of the season. First four games, usage was very low, didn't play so so well. But since game five, he's had over 100-plus yards, one 200-plus yard game, multiple touchdown games. Today he had 33 carries for 137 and two touchdowns. I absolutely love him. He – might just crack my top five Debbie running backs this week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not far behind you on that one. It's hard to shy away from putting a guy that high when he's getting 30-plus touches a game and being being productive while doing it. Um, yeah, he, he, he was the offense today pretty much. I mean, scored two touchdowns like you said. I know you said Bowman had 300-plus passing yards and, and a rushing score, but you know, outside of the yards through the air, he didn't have any passing touchdowns, and I don't think he was sacked either today. No. So, you know, same old typical Oklahoma defense, not very good. I think we talked about it on, on our GFS uh, show last week about Oklahoma letting up 34.5 points a game and over 500 yards of total offense the last three games. So I'm, I'm glad Oklahoma State went out there and got it today. And then all – Basically knocks Oklahoma out of the college football playoff running. Knocks them down a peg for a rematch against Texas in the Big 12 title game. So their season is going down the tubes in a hurry. The last three weeks have not been good. Close loss to UCF, a loss to Kansas, a loss to Oklahoma State. Man, way to close out the season for them. Yeah, the way really, the tides turn. Yeah, unfortunately for them. Dylan Gabriel showed out again with 344 pass yards. Gavin Salchuk was the man on the ground with 111 and a touchdown to Wee Walker, 59 and a touchdown. And your guy, Drake Stoops, said you were pumping last week a little bit. 12 catches for 134 and a touchdown. He had himself a ball game. Uh, I I know at the beginning of the season, I think week one, he had a had a hell of a game as well. Uh, he's, he's been doing it the last couple weeks. You know, 14 targets, 12 catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. And I won't complain about that with a, a guy of his stature. Oh, just couldn't close out the Bedlam chapter without a Stoops putting their stamp on it, could we? No. I mean, for history purposes, it it's beautiful. So, Move on. The Penn State's blowout of Maryland, 51-15. They bounced back today after, obviously, loss against Ohio State and the near upset against Indiana last week. So heading into Michigan week, they are rolling. Drew Aller looked fantastic. So all the Drew Aller haters and doubters, hopefully you can stick a fork in that for the time being because he went out there and balled out. 25 of 34 for 240 and four touchdowns. Also had 39 yards on the ground. 
hit his favorite target, Keandre Lambert Smith, eight for 92. But the big takeaway from this one is the rushing attack. Uh, Katron Allen led the team in carries, yards, 14 for 91, also got in the end zone. Nicholas Singleton only had eight carries for 20 yards. I don't know what's going on. Katron Allen is quickly taking over for Nick Singleton between this game and last week being on the field for the game-winning drive. No Nick Singleton at all there. Katron Allen looks like the man. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've we've said it a few times that they need to figure out what they're doing with this rushing attack. Um, I think Singleton is is the more talented back, but it seems like they're picking the guy, and it's not Nick Singleton at this point. Uh, I can't really blame him in a way. You know, Katron Allen's more of the uh, the power back, runs between the tackles a little bit more. Um, Nick Singleton's kind of your home run hitter, but he hasn't hitting home runs, so why not take the guaranteed yardage? I can't be mad at it. No, no, you can't be at this point. It's all about winning the ball games. Unless you play Ohio State, Michigan, then we all know James Franklin's going to screw the pooch and lose. But they're changing things up, coming down the stretch of the season. It's very interesting to see because, in my eyes, Nick Singleton is clearly the better running back all around, pass catching, between the tackles, outside the tackles, athletically. He's the superior player. Yeah, so all around. Why he can't get going? Yeah, I mean, and that's no shot to to Katron Allen. I mean, he's he's talented as well, but Singleton, he's to me almost a generational type running back. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree with you on that one, pal. That'll go close the book on all the games that have been completed up to this point of the recording. And I'm sure you're. I got my head on swivel. I feel like a squirrel over here between you and I recording. I got on the TV, the good old multi-view, and I got on my phone, found out today that ESPN, that's the debut episode of College Football Primetime with the Pat McAfee Show, starts at about 7.30 for the primetime slate. It's basically ESPN's spin on a red zone version of college football. Okay. Going around game to game, showing highlights, talking about all the different games, and I got that on my phone. I'm also recording because I want to check it out and see how it is. Because everyone's been wanting a college football red zone version. And we got it with Pat McAfee tonight and going forward, I believe, on ESPN2. But so far, it looks, they're probably, same thing with red zone, about a play or two behind. Saw Washington score a touchdown, then not even a minute and a half later, Pat McAfee was showing that on their highlights. So this is very, this could be a game changer for college football, along with the red zone, or sorry, the YouTube multi-view. But it's fantastic. Yeah, the multi-view is clutch. Um, thank goodness for YouTube TV. Uh, but I, I hear you, man. I'm looking at my right on my on the iPad. I've got the you know the LSU Bama game. Um, nothing else currently on on any devices. But um, I'd love to check out the Pat McAfee. I'd, Pat McAfee's a, a guy's guy. You know what I mean? His, his type of personality, I feel like, just works great for college football fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just, he's a great personality. I love that he's getting involved in college football uh, more and more. So I'll, I'll eat it up personally. Oh, that's why I was recording it. I know I wasn't going to get to see, you know, first hour or so of it. So I definitely want to watch it back and see how good it is. I love that McAfee show. I've been a listener for years. I love Pat. He's like you said, he, he's just the guy. He's yeah. the guy. Yeah. He's a little more in the jag, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's a hell of a punter too. You know, I'd say so. Career 
could have probably been longer, but while he was playing, he sure as hell made his impact. Oh yeah, and he, if I remember correctly, he laid the boom a couple of times. He he was just a fun he guy did. to watch. He, he was just he a fun guy a to small watch. Guy back then, he had a he had a little bit of weight on him for a punter. Yeah, yeah, he's fun to watch. Good old West Virginia boy, or at least that's where he went to college anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna record the same show and start watching it weekly. Now we'll move on to some of the games that are still wrapping up here. Go ahead and visit Eugene, Oregon. Cal at Oregon, currently a little under 13 left in the fourth, 49-19, Oregon. Troy Franklin having a Troy Franklin type of day, 79 and a touchdown. But Tez Johnson is the leading man at 12 for 180 and two. Boy, he's having a ball game. Bucky Irving, 89 and one on the ground. Bo Nix. want to talk about Someone having a ball game. Bo Nix. He seems to be your guy now, so go ahead and talk about a little about what your boy Bo is doing. But he's – I mean, I'm sure he's out of the game now with the look at the score. They're up by 30, but 29 to 38 for 386, four touchdowns. He does have a pick, but then also five rushes, three yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. So he accounted for six touchdowns in this game. I mean, man. He's, he I'd say he be, wants uh, that high school. Yeah, that's what I was gonna about to say. He's he's getting himself a ticket to the Heisman. He very well could at this point, man. He is it's, on six it's, total touchdowns. Woo! It's it's wide open at this point, and um, I think you and I talked about it. If not, it wasn't on this show. Might have been on ours. But you know, Oregon to me, they look like about the best team in the country, at least top two, top three, and they're uh, they're firing yeah, they on are. all cylinders at the right time. I, I get that they lost to Washington, but if they played that game 10 more times, I bet they win eight of the 10. It would not be surprising. Not at all. And I took a back on prize picks last couple of weeks, gotten back into a little bit more. I love they have these combo props. So one of them was Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy to get more than four and a half passing, rushing, receiving touchdowns. And Bo Nix went ahead and did that all by himself. Yeah, you you can't be mad at that. I feel like four and a half. That's that's easy that's money. Low. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of um, like the uh, the over under for this Washington USC game. I'm sure we'll be talking about. Yeah, we will be. I also took Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels to have over five and a half of the same touchdowns. I think right now they're both they got three combined. If I'm not mistaken, the games are still midway through the second. Yeah, I've got to look 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 that up. Don't yeah, no look at good old West Virginia and BYU. I thought this would be more of a competitive game than what it is to this point. West V is up twenty-four to zero at halftime. My one of my favorite running backs in the twenty-five class, CJ Donaldson, nine for sixty-nine and two touchdowns already. But I did see earlier he limped off the field with looked like to be an ankle injury. So we'll see if he comes back. But a freshman to keep your eye on, Jaheim White. 11 for 105 on the ground. He He's he's on the smaller side, so be prepared. He's about 5'7", 192, but he's fast. He, he is like a C- C.J. Spiller type guy? Yeah, just smaller. C.J. Spiller, smaller. I think, was around 6 foot. But Jaheim White's got who, plenty of work this season, plenty of opportunity. He's I already had a 100-yard game in 85 last week. So he okay. could be a riser in the freshman class. Jaden Daniels got a rushing touchdown for you, so there's there's four. There we go. About um, tied up 14-all. That's what I like to see. 
but um, who am I thinking of that was really small as a running back and came out? I Noel Devine. West Virginia? Yep. Yeah, that's who it was. I'm good then. That's who I was thinking of. I don't know why I said C.J. Spiller. I'll take a peek at Michigan and Purdue. Michigan is doing what they do. They just whoop ass. That's about all they do. Up 20-3. to three. Blake Corum has two touchdowns already today. So that that's Blake Corum. That's what he does. Rowan Game Wilson getting targeted. Four catches, four targets for 61. I'm just washing for Pete Michigan offense, buddy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, Cornelius Johnson let a ball go right through his hands at the goal line, only ended up with a field goal on that drive as well. But Michigan's offense is playing well, and the defense is shutting them down for the most part. Hudson Card's 5 of 15. He's leading rusher at 21 yards. So a typical Michigan game so far this season. Yeah, and party. also another news, uh, Connor, what, what's his name? Connor Stallions. He supposedly put in his resignation yesterday. So he is gone from the Michigan program. And you know, on a separate note, he if you ever have, want a friend in life, you want someone to be like Connor Stallions. The statement he put out from his lawyer was basically he doesn't want to be a distraction to the team going forward that Michigan and the coaches had no knowledge of basically what he was doing. He didn't say he did it, but he said they had no knowledge of any kind of infractions, anything like that. So he did not throw any of the coaches or Michigan under the bus, and he is out the door now. Right, no admission of guilt and saying that he acted alone. So good on him. Um, I Speaking of Connor Stallion, he's no good on a little loophole here. I, I saw something I read it the other day. It was something about Ryan Day hiring private investigators to look into Michigan sign stealing stuff. I don't I don't know if that's true or not. Or oh, it, it, from what I've seen, it is true. Yeah, and coincidentally, I believe it's his brother that did it that owns the private investigating firm there, stationed back in New Hampshire, which is where Ryan Day's from. So. Then uh, I guess the rumors are right now that they obtained everything illegally, like against the law. Oh. Something about hacked in a Michigan system or something like that, possibly. And they they are the ones, Ohio State is the one that snitched on Michigan to the NCAA. So if it does come out know. that this PI firm did this stuff illegally and that Ohio State or Ryan Day did hire them, you know, forget about the NCAA. They could be facing, you know, jail time. Or they could be say, facing some kind of charges for doing stuff illegally against the law. I don't uh, know. I don't know if that'll necessarily come back on Ryan Day. I mean, like I said, I just was reading over it the other day. Um, I mean, obviously, it'll come back to Ohio State because he, you know, obviously paid for it and had an invest- investigation start. But you would, I would assume you hire a private investigator, they're going to be by the book. Yeah, so I would think that the private investigator would get in a lot more trouble than Day. Yeah, for through the legal system. Now Day might get in trouble through NCAA. That's a different story. So it was interesting that that came out. This this wild story is just keeps taking more wild turns, man. It is just it's nuts. I honestly can't wait to see how it unfolds. I would rather have this though than the Urban Meyer shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, it, quite frankly, it's really no big deal, it in my opinion. 
not being a Michigan fan, but it, everyone steals signs. That's not illegal. The illegal if, part is just going to games of opponents that you you're gonna play in the same season. That's the only part. Yeah, the yeah the to, to scout them is is illegal. Like you know, going like you said to their stadium. But if you know you see it on if it's public access, you know, watching on TV and you see the, the signs. I mean. You know, Which is nuts. We can sit here and watch the game and steal signs, or we can watch the all twenty-two and steal signs. Right. It's what I'm saying. It's all there. It's it's all public access. You know, not public access is what Connor Stallions was doing. You know, buying right. tickets and going to games. That 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 was wrong. But you can steal signs easy. I, I just don't think it's effective. I, I think it's I don't think it's smart to steal signs. But no. what do I know? What do I know? I think this is a so like you said a witch hunt last week. I, I still think it is. Uh, glad that he. Resi- resigned, um, what I'm looking for in a good way, I guess. Amicably, yeah, yeah. amicably, that's what I was looking for. I mean, he and was put on paid leave, so Michigan didn't cut ties with him or you know, put him on unpaid leave, they were still taking care of him, right? They put him on paid leave until the investigation was done, and then he, like you said, amicably resigned because he didn't want to be a distraction. So, so good on him for a 28 year old, he's got his head on his shoulders, regardless of how possibly weird he is. You're not wrong there. It's just, it's getting ridiculous. I saw the reports that the, you know, they have, the coaches have a weekly call with the big 10 commissioner for, you know, check-ins or what have you that goes on in those. And after Jim Harbaugh exited the call, they all stayed on outside of him. And, you know, of course, trashed Harbaugh in Michigan and basically tried to pressure the commissioner into bringing some kind of discipline upon Michigan right now. Forget mm-hmm. letting it play out, due diligence, due process, innocent until proven guilty. The Big Ten wants Michigan punished right now. And I thought that was pretty comical. Being a Michigan fan, it just looks like they're all scared of Michigan at this point. The last two years, they've just been you know, killing everyone. And now that they think they have some way to punish Michigan and stop the momentum they got going, they want it done now, whether they're innocent or guilty. No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I, I bleed scarlet and gray. I'm an Ohio State fan, but I I think, like you said, it's a witch hunt. They're just throwing crap at the wall, see if it sticks. They're they're trying to get them for anything and everything. You know, it, it might be a, a crude um, similarity, but it, it's it feels like kind of like what the legal system did with OJ. You know, the when they finally got him for something that he had – definitely did they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna lock you up for 25 years because we know you did the other stuff even though you were innocent right so. right it's it's gonna get more interesting so far the big Ten commissioner has done nothing and rightfully so michigan respectfully asked him to allow the instant of investigation to play out before taking any kind of action obviously should so what's gonna happen when if it comes out that Connor Stallions did act alone and this had no effect on Michigan's play, you bring down the hammer on them and then you look like a complete idiot and you probably have to resign because of what you did. Yeah. Let's differentiate ourselves from the NFL and Roger Goodell here a little bit. Let's, let's not preventatively discipline somebody for something that they're not guilty of just yet. Yeah. Let it all play out. We've seen it before. You can always take away wins retroactively. Oh, take yeah, Heisman's the yeah the, the whole nine yards. I mean it. it Which I, it, I don't. It suck, it's but. not that damn serious to take away wins or 
banned from bowl games or whatever. It's it's being overplayed by the media, specifically ESPN. I've seen a lot of rumors. They're not rumors, but you know, just people talking on various places that ESPN is basically the the front runners at the forefront of this and bashing Michigan and supposedly the ones getting all the reports first somehow. And people think it's because the Big Ten is, you know, NBC, Fox, CBS. They're not with ESPN anymore. Right. So a lot of people are thinking that's why ESPN is so gung-ho on this whole scheme. It's because they're they're out to get Michigan at this point because they chose to go to other networks. Oh, very well could be. And then, um, you know, another side topic, this whole investigation stuff going on, I think played a huge role in Michigan being ranked where they were in the college football playoffs. I think I test oh, wise, absolutely. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I think I test wise, Michigan is by far the best team in the country. Um, I, I get like their reasoning was like their strength of schedule was currently 114th or strength of record or whatever. But I mean, it's you, about you, the same as Georgia. So why would Georgia Georgia ahead of them? Right, Georgia's 102. You're talking 12 places different, and Michigan is by far looked better than Georgia. You know, and we're supposed to. Um, you know, this this ranking is supposed to be for this season only. I know George is back to back national champs, but that's also playing a role without a doubt. You know, I just Michigan will they'll turn up and it'll, you know, Michigan's gonna do what Michigan does. And going forward, Michigan has the number one toughest schedule, and George is like fifth. Yeah, because they're getting to the harder schedule. I mean, Michigan's mm-hmm. got per, Penn State and Ohio State in the last four weeks of the season and Georgia similarly is playing, you know, their toughest competition the last four weeks of the season. And if Michigan beats Penn state next week, Ohio state resume doesn't look so good with their two key wins being now two lost teams that couldn't beat the better competition. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with you one, one bit. Um, I, I think I mean, I'm not saying on. Ohio state doesn't deserve to be number one. Obviously, if you're looking, you're going with the resume, narrative that absolutely they have the best resume thus far but with the college football playoff it's always supposed to be the best teams i always thought resume Uh, didn't matter until like the very end because then you know who's who and what's what resume for the first rankings like okay i kind of get it like you said to a degree they've got two top 10 wins but neither of them teams are top 10 teams right now so exactly yeah i'm with you it's all going to play out in the end you know, mm-hmm. I think Ohio State get a lot of people freaking out. Oh, Ohio State's number one. They're the weakest number one we've had, which very well could be true. But it's the first ranking. This one doesn't matter. Herb Street put it best on good old X. Who cares? Right. It's about the last ranking. It's not about this one. This one does not matter. This is all going to change. I, I don't care about the upcoming ranking. I don't care about a period, to be honest with you, until the very last one, like Herb Street. But this one, after this week, I'm not, I don't care for it all. I want to see the one after, if Mission comes away with the victory at Penn State. I want to see that one. Because like I said, at that point, Notre Dame has at least two losses, and so does Penn State. Yeah, One of them coming to Michigan. Just, just to see if they switch the script and see how they do that. I'm with you. See how that resume thing pans out. After that, exactly. That will be very interesting to see. Maybe Ohio State's one and Michigan's two. That's the most likely scenario, but Michigan has to be above Georgia at that point. No, yeah. no, no fans about it. They played yeah. better in Georgia week in and week out. 
until Georgia can prove they deserve to be there, I'm yeah, I'm with you, buddy. I'm 100 percent with you. Man, well, we'll get back to the current college football talk. I just saw a, a replay of the SC Washington Washington game. A little trickeration by the Trojans. Handed off on a jet sweep to Zachariah Branch. He flea flickered it back to Caleb Williams and threw a bomb to Taj Washington for a walk-in touchdown. Ooh, that was interesting. And speaking of that game, this one's going to smash that over under of 76 and a half. They're already at 49 with four minutes left, and Washington appears to be on their way to another scoring drive. I mean, this is about what I anticipated. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if Washington goes in and scores, that's 56 points in the first half. It's not going to stop. If, no. no. And, you know, had, had they started slow, I get it. But they're they're already going. It's just put up points. I mean, right now it's 28-21 SC. Both quarterbacks are playing extremely well and efficient. Penix, 10 of 14 for 108 in the touchdown. Caleb Williams, 11 of 13 for 114 in the touchdown and a rushing touchdown. USC is also without star running back Marshawn Lloyd tonight. That doesn't seem to matter. No, not at this point. I mean, Penix is spreading the ball around. He's already got eight different receivers involved with the reception, it looks like. Seven now. Or no, still eight. Yeah, and Polk's only got one, and Dunsey's got three. It's fireworks, buddy. Yeah, Tosh Washington is the man for SC so far. Zachariah Branch, two catches for 10 yards, plus his role in the trickeration play. This is going to be an awesome second half to watch. I can't wait for it. I think Washington does pull this one out, though. I, I think so, too. Um, this game, That game we just talked about, and then the Alabama game are going to be the two games I watch. Yeah, I, just, I think Washington has a better defense than SC. I think we'll see that coming down the stretch. Yeah, all, all I has to do is stop them once because I don't think USC is going to stop Washington at all. No, nah, not at this rate if Pennant keeps throwing dots like he is. And they their run game has looked, looked better in SC, quite frankly. Yeah, they're close on total rushing yards, but um, Johnson's got 11 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns already. I don't think that yeah. I don't see that slowing down at all. I'm going to move on to Bama LSU, my personal game of the week that I was looking forward to. 21-14 now with about a minute left in the second. Bama just scored, so LSU's got the ball with a minute and one timeout left. Hopefully they can do something. I'm not sure. I believe LSU gets the ball back after half, I'm not mistaken. But mostly yes. I wanted to see this game, obviously. It's Bama LSU. Who doesn't want to watch them? Secondly, LSU is still in the mix for their side of the conference with Bama to be in the SEC title game. And Jaden Daniels could be in the mix for the Heisman. So this is a huge game for LSU. This is, this will make or break their season. Bama, no, yeah. not so much. But if they yeah, do Bama. lose and LSU wins out, that does break their season. Yeah, Bama's, Bama's got one loss. Uh, LSU obviously has two. I think LSU might pull it out, man. That's where my money went. And I mean, and like you said, Jaden Daniels, he's he's looking pretty good. You know, eight of or nine of fifteen for 138 yards and a touchdown, uh, and also a rushing touchdown. But 
Jalen Murrow, man, he's doing all his damage on the ground. Uh, 12 yeah, he for, is 12 for 82 and, and three three rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's he's killing it on the ground. LSU's run defense couldn't stop a nosebleed at this point. No, not at all. Jaden Daniels, like you said, is he's killing it, but so is Malik Neighbors. Four for 89 and a touchdown. He absolutely smoked the Alabama secondary in his touchdown. There was – the field could have been 400 yards long. They weren't catching him. I love me some Malik Neighbors. I'm I'm glad he's balling out this year. I hope he has an even bigger second half. I think everybody will be pumping him up to be their wide receiver too, like he is for us. Oh, Jaden Daniels on the run, baby. Just took oh, off. Oh, 40, oh. 50. Yeah, Ooh. down to the 32. That's a heck of a run. And he's – He's what a fifth year guy, I believe, a one time transfer from Arizona State. Yeah. Who cares? Don't worry about the young breakout age, the early declare. He has the makings of an NFL quarterback. He has the goods. Yeah, what would you call it? The Konami code? I mean, he fits yes. that he fits that to a T. Oh, yeah. And you wouldn't think looking at him, I mean, he's a pretty slender guy. I know at Arizona State, he's really evolved throughout his career. Early on, he was about let me throw it as far as I can. Let me hit those deep balls. Coming to LSU, he's really, I, I don't know, he changed his game, like complete 180. He's a lethal quarterback in the pocket, and we see what he can do on the ground. And I'm, he's one tough SOB. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not coming out of the game at all. Um, I'm just impressed with his strides from last year to this year, to be completely honest. I mean, last year he was pretty up and down, and this year he's been – on fire all year. You know, he's, I think he's got a legitimate shot to win the Heisman. If he wins tonight and they go to the SEC title game, we know what he's going to do week in and week out. Statistically, he's going to put up 300 plus yards, three plus touchdowns. It's about what Bo Nix is doing, just in a different way. Right. And doing it against better defenses and a better conference. I don't know, man. This might be the year LSU. This might be the first year we see a two-loss college football playoff team. It's it's entirely possible. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it if if they're deserving. I mean, um, you know, the early they run the table in Georgia in the conference title. Yeah, if Georgia's in the top four at that time, I don't think there's any reason you can keep them out. You know, you you can. I mean, the Florida State loss was was tough and wasn't didn't look good for LSU, but I mean, they this looks like a completely different team compared to that team. Up and there goes Daniels once again. And he's not like a Jalen Milrow type of runner. He's not a get out early and go. He's He goes through his reads each and every play, and then he runs if it's there. Yeah, the, the only bad thing on that play I was just looking at, buddy, he he got some help on a, on a what do they call it, a block in the back. Which wasn't even needed. No, he's getting to the sideline. So they're going to lose 15 yards for when it didn't matter. Just boneheaded play, but he, he's looking good. He's already up to over 100 rush yards. I think he's probably about 120-ish right now after that run. And not um, even at 10 attempts. Yeah, 109. Uh, seven attempts for 109. Oh, yeah, that, that's still got update from this play. Oh, that play. Oh. Will it update? It, it will. Once they, Yeah, he's got 137 now. Oh, he's got 137 on the ground, 138 through the air. So, 
He's having a ball game. It's only the first half. A true dual threat. Yeah, him and Milrow are going to go at it in the second half. I can't wait to watch this one. And Washington just scored, so it's 28 all. Yeah, it ain't slowing down, man. No, just because I'm curious, I'm going to check Fliff, since that's the book I can use at the moment. Yeah, Let's Polk, see what they Polk. have. The, was it Jalen Polk? Yep. He's my favorite wide receiver in that room, man. I love Adunze, but I like Polk just a smidge more. Right now, the over-under is set at 96 and a half. 9-6, almost 100. For for the USC-Washington game? Yes. I'm glad we got in at 76. Yeah, or whatever tap it was. that over on 96 and a half. Yeah, they're already at 56. Yeah, that's nuts. That is absolutely mind-blowing. But this is what we, we expected, I guess. I mean, not to this multitude LSU, already. LSU just scored. Touchdown. Jaden Daniels threw it. Yep, Kyron Lacey, there we go. He's a name to well, another name to keep your eye on. But we'll go ahead and get out of here so we can all watch some damn good football that we got on on Statement Saturday. I can't wait to see these finishes. We're in store for a few good ones. Can't wait to watch some Michigan. It's going to be a great Saturday night and hopefully an even better Sunday with some fantasy football. Hopefully you guys win some money tomorrow, DFS, betting, fantasy, whatever it is you're into. But appreciate you tuning in to another episode with us. Again, give us all a follow on X at Gump7285, at D underscore Cook93. And then, of course, our podcast at Gridiron underscore FS and at Destination Debbie. Also, check out Destination, sorry, DestinationDebbie.com. My latest Debbie Buys and Sells article dropped on Friday, yesterday. So go ahead and give that a good read. See who I'm buying and selling at my own Debbie Leagues at this point and who I'm interested in. And we'll see you guys again on the next one. Thanks for listening. See you.